Amos 9 and 13. We're going to begin a new series today, saints. And uh, I decided to call this series Divine Acceleration. Divine Acceleration. We're going to be talking about it for a couple of weeks, but today I'm going to lay the foundation. Amen? Hallelujah. So watch this. I read today in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, and the word of the Lord says it so. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and that the treader of grapes, him that soweth seed, and the mountains shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. I'm going to read that one more time. Stay right back at verse 13, because that's where I'm going to hang my nail. I'm not going to go past verse 13, so bring it back for me. Hallelujah. Go back to verse 13. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 13. Amen. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes, him that soweth seed, and the mountains shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. Oh, God. Now, that's going to be our main text for this whole series. Amen. So as I lay the foundation today, my goal is to come back to this text in a little while. But if I don't get there, just know I will eventually get there next week. Amen. But I got to lay this foundation down. Uh, what I'm about to teach you, hallelujah, I can't bring with shutters and, and front doors. I got I to gotta lay down the foundation. Amen. You got to let me do it. All right, saints. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus name, we come before you now, Lord God, and we ask you to bless your people. Minister to your people in a mighty way, hallelujah, through this text. Make the word of God tangible, hallelujah. Make the word flesh, Father God, hallelujah, that we might receive it, Father God. And cause your people to be blessed, Father. And as, Lord God, as we just lift you up on tonight, Lord God, have your way in this place. We give you the honor and the glory for everything you're going to do in here today. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen and amen. Now, very quickly about this, just let me give you a little bit about this text so that you understand what we're doing and what we're, where we're coming from through this text. Amen. Listen to what it says. It says, the days are coming when the plowman shall take over the reaper. Amen. And when you read that, it almost don't make sense because it should be the other way around. Amen. But let me just submit to you uh, what the idea is behind that text. The idea is that there is a big harvest that's coming. In other words, watch this, that the harvest is going to be so big and so abundant that while the reaper is still gathering it, it's already going to be time to sow seed again. God, help me in here. In other words, it's going to be so large. Usually there's a space after you gather the harvest, and then there's a time, and then you come and you sow again. Amen? But it's going to be so large that while you're gathering it in, it's going to be time to sow again. So what God is saying in essence is, watch this, the days are coming where instead of seed time and harvest, you're going to go seed harvest. God, help me in here. Seed harvest. I'm talking about divine acceleration. Amen. It said, watch this, that the treader of grapes will overtake him that sows. And what that is saying, hallelujah, watch this. The first one talks about how large the abundance of the harvest is going to be. The second one speaks of the speed of it. The speed of it. In other words, it's coming fast. That's all I've been talking to you about it. In January it's coming fast what it's saying is that before you can even plant in the vineyard <laughs> that while you're planting in the vineyard hallelujah watch this the grapes 
they're already going to pop up under your feet. God, help me in here. That as you are sowing in the vineyard, they'll be under your feet ready to be treaded upon. In other words, it's going to happen fast. And that wine will flow from the, from the caps of the hills. No wine flows from hill caps. Water flows. But he's saying, hallelujah, I'm going to change the water to wine. And I'm going to remove the process out of the way. And if you, you know, if you know him like I do, he's done that in the New Testament. He'll change water to wine and remove the process. In other words, hallelujah, something big is coming and it's coming fast. And I'm removing the process out of the way. And you need faith to receive this kind of word. So I hope you're ready for me today. Amen. But I got to lay the foundation. Amen. Hallelujah. Because it takes faith. Because faith is what's required for you to see the supernatural. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In the natural, you have seed, time, and then harvest. That's a natural law. So this promise, in order for it to take place, it has to supersede that which is natural. For that to happen, it has to happen supernaturally. But I want to submit to you that you serve a supernatural God. So let me begin by making some statements about the supernatural. Can I do it? Number one, hallelujah. Let me just first start with this because I got to help you. I got to help you. Uh, supernatural, being spiritual and walking in the supernatural does not equate to being spooky. Let me just throw that out there real fast. Get that out of the way. To be supernatural does not equate to being spooky. Some people get spiritual and they get spooky. Yeah, yeah, you, you enter the realm of weirdness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When the Bible says that you can become so spiritual that you become no earthly good. And you're in the earth so that you could do good. <laughs> but if nobody can approach you or relate to you in any way, you begin to spook people out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, God, have mercy in here. Some people become so spiritual that they take things to the extreme. Yes, yes, you go to work and your natural boss tells you to do something. And you say, you're natural. I'm walking in the supernatural. So I'm going to do something else. The spirit told me. I know what the boss told me, but the spirit told me to do something else. That spirit is going to get you fired. You get the bills like you normally do, and all of a sudden you say, you know what, I'm going to ignore this one. The spirit told me, don't pay that one. Can I help you in here? That was probably a spirit, but it was not the Holy Spirit. Pay your bills. Are you blessed in here? You understand where I'm coming from? To be spiritual and to walk in the supernatural does not equate to you being spooky. Now, let's get into this thing. Hallelujah. Let me just start by saying that the spiritual world is real. I said that the spiritual world is real. So real that the Bible says that the things that do not appear, or the things that do appear, I'm sorry, were made by the things that do not appear. The things that do appear were made by the things that do not appear. So that which is invisible made that which is visible. 
And if that which is invisible made that which is visible, then what's invisible is more real than what you see. Are you with me in here? See, a lot of people have a hard time with this because they equate something being invisible as non-existent. But just because it's invisible does not mean that it's not there. It's there. It just has not appeared. Are you in this place? And even in the scriptures, it is difficult to attempt to articulate this realm that we cannot see. And even when the Bible does it, it uses metaphors like wind, uh, metaphors like water, metaphors like fire. And when I think about those things, I think about them being things that you can't really hold in your hand, which allow me to know that they are things that are really hard to grasp. Spiritual things are hard to grasp, especially if you are not spiritual. If, are you blessed in here? And so watch this. I want to submit to you that there is a natural realm that exists. It's the realm that we're in. But there is a spiritual realm that simultaneously exists along with that realm. And it is very, very real. The carnal man cannot understand it. The Bible says that the natural man does not understand the things of the spirit because they have to be spiritually discerned. Amen? But I will submit to you, hallelujah, that while the natural man, uh, though may he, attempt, he might attempt to try to articulate something that is beyond him, he really can't understand it. But he's not too far from it either. Because I've heard natural men use uh, terms or metaphors to try to describe something that is beyond them. Oftentimes I hear somebody say something like, uh, there's a vibe to it, there's a vibe to it. And they don't really know exactly what it is that they're saying, but they're trying to articulate something that is beyond them. If you know anything about the spirit, the spiritual realm, the spiritual realm has what I call ebbs and flows. It, when you hear somebody is in the spirit, oftentimes you hear somebody say he or she was flowing in the spirit. So he's not way off when he says there's a vibe to it. Stay with me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You'll hear uh, people say something like, trust your gut, trust, you know, trust your gut. I don't even know exactly what it is, but there's something that's beyond me that you have to trust. And they'll say something like, trust your gut. Or, or you'll hear somebody say something like, uh, uh, a mother's intuition. Now, let me just submit to you that a mother's intuition is nothing like a mother's Holy Ghost. Do I got any mamas in the house? A mother's intuition is nothing like a mother's Holy Ghost, a, 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 a Holy Ghost filled mama has what I call an internal lie meter. An internal lie meter. Your teenagers will testify, I can't lie to my mama. Every time I try to lie to my mama, it's like that meter just, and it's like she can tell, she can tell. She look me right in the eyes and be like, you and the devil are acting the same right now. My daughter will testify. She'll be like, mommy, mommy, be like, bless the Holy Ghost. Are you blessing here? They really can't understand it, but they're not that far off. Another statement I want to make about the spiritual realm is simply this. The spiritual realm is not random. It's not random. And what I mean by that is don't make the mistake that many other people make uh, by assuming that the spiritual realm is without governance. That the spiritual realm is without order. And let me just make another statement or a side note here. Uh, it doesn't have to be spectacular to be supernatural. 
I'm going to give you an illustration in a little while. It doesn't have to be spectacular to be supernatural. God's not always in the thunder and in the lightning. Sometimes it's just a still, small voice. Somebody's salvation experience wasn't this great, showy thing, hallelujah, but it was supernatural. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not random. Some people think it's capricious. In other words, that it cannot be understood, hallelujah. But if you are of they, hallelujah, who believe that the spiritual realm cannot be understood, that it has no governance, and that it has no order, then you will fall under the category of people who believe that you can't access it. Uh, and if you believe that you can't access it intentionally for a desired result or for a particular result, what you will do then is that you will sit down and just wait to see if something happens. But I come to tell you that it doesn't work that way. Are you blessed in here so far? It's Wednesday. Can we get a little deep today? Hallelujah, Jesus. So watch this. I'm still laying down the foundation. We know that spirituality does not equate to spookiness. We know that the spiritual world is real. And we know that the spiritual world is not random. Let me throw another one out there. God is spirit. Somebody's saying, I know, I know. Okay, let me help you. God is spirit. What does that mean? That means, hallelujah, that God exists, watch this, without being bound by anything that he created. Let me say that again. God exists without being bound by anything that he has created. For example, he created time, but he's not subject to time. He can move in time, and he can move outside of time. He's not bound by anything. You're bound by it, but he's not. He's not bound by anything that he has created. If God is bound by anything or limited by anything that he has created, then by definition, that thing has become God over him. God, help me in here. Are you in this place, church? So understand, hallelujah, that your God is sovereign. And the very definition of sovereign means that he is not bound by, limited by, or under anything. I said anything. Ooh, God have mercy in here. He is not limited by anything or anybody. The amazing thing about God is that he chooses to include us. And there are certain things that God has determined, watch this, not to do without our cooperation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But let me just throw in there, he does not need your permission. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, God, have mercy in here. He's God all by himself. I know I'm going to mess up somebody's theology right now. He don't need you. He don't need you. Apart from whatever popular teaching you have received, he don't need you in order to do something on the earth. He can choose. God, help me in here. Uh, let me just submit to you that there are things that God has established already that are going to happen in the future regardless of man's actions. 
regardless of men's decisions. Let me help you understand that. When Jesus said, I'm coming back, it don't matter what you do. You could backslide tomorrow, join Islam. You could become an atheist. You could become a Satanist. And it ain't going to change the fact that he's coming. He's coming. And, and, and the atheists and the Satanists are going by when he comes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm trying to, to, to get you to understand, hallelujah, that God is not bound by anybody. He gave man authority. He chose man to have authority on the earth, but he does not have to ask man for permission. Let me just say that one more time. He doesn't have to ask for permission. When the people of God decided to build a tower, Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of Babel, and the Bible says, watch this, God himself said that the people were one. So much so were they one. We could learn from them. Watch this. They were one that God said that whatever they desire to do shall not be held from them because the people are one. But they are rebelling against my will because my will is for them to multiply and to be fruitful, and they want to build this tower and stay here. And so God don't need permission from no man to go down there and mess them up. And the Bible says he went down there himself and changed their language. In other words, you're going to do my will. <laughs> and, you know, many other plans of the man, but the Lord's purpose shall prevail. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I done took too much time on that. Hallelujah. So I said that to say that God don't necessarily play by the rules. I'm going to mess you up some more. I said God don't necessarily play by the rules. God created rules, but he's not in the rules, in that the rules do not apply to him. Can I help you in here? The rules are really for you. And the rules are to your benefit. I said God gave you a rule book to your benefit. Can I submit to you that because Satan himself is a created being, Satan himself, hallelujah, is a restricted being. I don't care if he's a spirit, he was created. And because he's created, he's restricted. The only free spirit that is sovereign and free is the spirit of God. Because it was not created. Are you in this place, church? I know we're talking spiritual. Stay with me, hallelujah. Uh, and so if you understand that Satan as a created being is restricted, listen, your Bible even in Revelation says that he knows that he's running out of time. In other words, he has been restricted, hallelujah, to do whatever it is that he's doing to a certain amount of time. And so God gave you a rule book, hallelujah, so that you can use it to your benefit, God help me in here, so that you can bind Satan. While having a God on your side that's not bound by anything. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Woo, God. Let me, let me help you understand that some more. Understand what you're asking for when you ask God for a miracle. When you ask God for a miracle, you're actually asking God to break the rules. Because that miracle is going to have to override some natural law that exists. Oh, God, have mercy in here. Are you blessed? So watch this. If God is bound by laws, let's say he's bound by the laws of time, the laws of seasons, the laws of mathematics, the laws of physics, or the laws of gravity. If he is bound by all those laws, then he can't get to me in a moment what I need. 
because he is bound. And so he has to wait for the process. But I serve a God who don't always play by the rules and can change my season and change my times. You don't hear what I'm saying. And supersede gravity. Oh, yes, he will. In order to get something to me in a moment. Do you believe it in here? Oh, God. I'm trying to stir up your faith so you can believe a scripture like the one we opened up with today. Are you in this place, church? I know that my season or maybe your season is telling you that you got to go through it. And perhaps your season is telling you that you got to wait. But I serve a God that can change that season. God, help me in this place. I serve a God, hallelujah, who is not subject, hallelujah, to time or space or gravity or mathematics or physics. Hallelujah. I made the rules, but the rules do not apply to me. Ah, God, have mercy. How many of you know that he could supersede, he could, he could supersede natural laws? Oh, yes, he can. Let me give you one real quickly. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah, Mary is not supposed to have a baby without a man. The natural course of action, I don't have to really break this down, right? Is that a man lays with a woman and then there's a process that takes place. God told Mary, you're going to have a baby without a man. That's not natural. That's supernatural. And God in essence is saying, it's going to happen because I can do it. Because the laws of nature do not apply, do not apply to me. Uh, God can change water into wine in a moment and remove the whole process. You, do you know the process of, of, of making wine? Hallelujah. You got to grow the thing. You got to pick the thing. Then you got to tread the thing. And if we're talking about wine that is fermented, you're talking about years. But God takes, hallelujah, what normally has to go through years and do it in a moment. Oh, yes, he can. Some of you still need some help. Let me see if I can help you some more. Hallelujah. Joshua was in a battle, and while he was running, you want to talk about praying on the run? Has anybody ever had to do that? <laughs> you didn't get to put that prayer time in, so you were praying on the run while you were driving? He prays on the run, and he tells God, watch this, my enemies are getting away. If my enemies get away, they're going to live to come back and fight me tomorrow. I need to take care of this enemy, and I need to take care of him today. Make the sun stand still. The sun standing still? That's not natural. Now, remember, God's talking from a visual perspective. A visual perspective. We know that the sun don't stand still. We know that when he said make the sun stand still, he's talking about he, what he sees. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's like we do today when we say uh, sundown is at a certain time. Sun up and sunset. It's, it's, it's our perspective. Hallelujah. But when he said make the sun stand still, God stopped the earth from rotating. That's not natural. But the laws do not. God, help me in here. I said the laws do not apply to him. And he can stop it simply because he can. Are you blessed in here, church? When he walked on water, since when is that natural? He defied, hallelujah, gravity. There's a law called the law of gravity. That law applies to us. Go ahead and try it. <laughs> but it did not apply to him. 
because though he created the law, it does not necessarily apply to him. God, help me in here. Are you getting what I'm saying in this place? Aaron, the priest, had a rod that the Bible said budded. The thing that's amazing about this rod is that it budded overnight, and it wasn't in the ground. It was out of the ground, laying on the floor, hallelujah, and he made it bud supernaturally overnight. There was a man named Jonah that was going to die because the sun was going to smack him and smote him. And you know what God did? Overnight grew a plant. Overnight grew a huge plant just to shade his servant from the sun. It's not supposed to grow overnight. You hear that that breaks all kinds of agricultural laws. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But he's not subject to any of those laws. I'm trying to tell you, hallelujah, your God is a bad boy. Watch this, hallelujah. On another occasion, after he walked on water, the Bible says that he got to the disciples and he gets in the boat. Now, understand that they were in the middle of a storm. As soon as Jesus gets in the boat, the Bible says immediately they were on the shore. Y'all didn't catch me. Uh, they were in the middle of a storm, and he's walking. I know in movies and stuff, we do such a poor job because we show God walking on water that's still. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that the storm was raging. I mean raging, and he was walking on. Could you imagine that, walking on a raging storm and the waves just bouncing off of him? Mm. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then he gets in the boat in the middle of the storm, and the next verse says, and immediately they're at the shore. Because if you ever let God in, he can speed it up. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. I say, if you ever let God in it, he can speed things up. He is not subject to natural laws. He's, he's a lawbreaker. Are you here? And I love him for it. I love him. I love him for it because sometimes I need him to come get me walking on the water. Ah, does anybody in here know what I'm talking about? I need him to get to me really fast. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Ah, God, have mercy. I think the problem with us, hallelujah, is that we preach God too small. I said we limited God and we've dumbed him down to be a mere man, hallelujah. Or we've dumbed him down, hallelujah, to simply be some kind of mythological figure like Zeus or Neptune or Apollos or some comic book hero like Superman, Batman, Aquaman, Iron Man, hallelujah. The devil is a liar. He's not even a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent, hallelujah. He's the only sovereign, free spirit that rules the universe and is not bound by anything that he has created. Oh God, that's the God that I serve. Are you blessed in here? Hallelujah. Ooh. He creates the natural world. He makes the laws, hallelujah, that are governed by nature like physics and laws of math and laws of time, hallelujah, and laws of space. He gives the rules, but he is not in the rules. Woo. Genesis 8.22. Some of you know it, hallelujah. Watch this. I'll quote it to you. As long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, 
And so watch this. I want you to understand what the text says. It says, while the earth remains. So this is a law for the earth. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't say, while God remains. And it doesn't say, while the heavens remain. It says, while the earth remains. There'll be seed time in harvest because that is a natural law. But God is not natural. So that law does not apply to him. And that's why he can quote, God help me in here, the text that we read to open with, which was Amos 9 and 13, where it basically says that we're going to go from seed time and harvest to seed harvest. If God couldn't do it, why would he say it? God help me in this place. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Watch this. God gives rules on earth so man can have an understanding of certain predictabilities while he is on this planet. Amen, somebody. But God is not limited to earthly rules. The spiritual world, that we, listen, let me, the world that we're living in today is, 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 is not totally ignorant as it pertains to spiritual things. They just got it twisted. Because the world that we live in today, they believe in crazy stuff. They zombie crazy. Y'all not saying nothing in here. They vampire crazy. Paranormal activity crazy. Yeah, yeah, ghost hunting crazy. They believe in demons. They make more movies about demons than anything else. Little girls coming out of wells, possessed, killing people. Come on, man. They just got it twisted. God, help me in here. Now, you ready to go deeper? I said God is a spirit. Now let me take it to another level. Man is a spirit. I said man is a spirit. Man is a spirit that just happens to be in a body. So watch this. It's one thing to understand that there is a spiritual world that's real. It's another thing to understand that your God is a spirit and he is very real. And so watch this. If I'm going to access God or the kingdom that is heavenly, I have to understand that I am also Spirit. Oh, God. Are you with me so far in this place? Mm -hmm. God gives me a body so that I can relate to this physical world. So that I can have contact with this physical world. My body gives me world consciousness. My spirit man gives me God consciousness. Oh, God. So, that I, so listen to that. That means that I should have access to more than one world. I'm going somewhere, hallelujah. Watch this. I am also a spirit. I am, I'm going to make a statement in here, watch this. I am God's offspring. I said I am God's offspring. Some of you are looking at me funny. Well, you're not the devil's offspring, so let's throw that out of the way. Okay? And you're not the offspring of a monkey. Let me throw that, there. let me just throw that out there too. 
God help me in here. Hallelujah. I am the offspring of God. The Bible says God took from the very breath that was in him and he put that in me. And I was created, watch this, in the image and in the likeness of God. And just in case you don't know, the universal principle is simply that like begets like. Or that everything reproduces after its own kind. You put apple seeds in the ground, you're not going to get a pear tree. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Everything reproduces after its own kind. Uh, so at the end of the day, saints, you only have a couple choices. I'm running out of time. You only have a couple choices. You were either created in the image of a monkey. You were either created in the image of a devil. You were either created in the image of your parents. Or you were created in the image of God. You only got a few choices. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. Man is a spirit. Can I take it a step further? All right. Don't tweet this by itself. Let me just throw that out there in advance, okay? Jesus is not the only son of God. Ooh, I got, I got your attention now. Jesus is not the only son of God. That's not what your Bible says. Your Bible says Jesus is the only begotten son of God. There's a difference. And, oh, I wish I had time. That word begotten is not, is not begotten as you know it from the English dictionary. Because that would cause some problems. Because to be begotten is to be birthed. It is, it is to be procreated. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so uh, that's why some religions will say that Jesus was created. Eh. Are you hearing me? That doesn't coincide with scripture. So you have to go to the original language. If it was written in Greek, let's check what begotten is in the Greek. And it's a word that starts with an M. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. It's like monogenesis. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it right there. Check it out for yourself. But what it means is, watch this, uh, uh, a unique relationship. What it means is one of a kind. Mm. So when he says that he is the only begotten of the Father, he's saying he's the only one like me. He's unique and he's one of a kind. God help me in here. Watch this. But again, he is not the only son of God. Y'all need scripture, right? Show me Luke chapter 3 and verse 38. Luke chapter 3 and verse number 38. You guys doing all right? This is the genealogy of Jesus, according to Luke, to Luke, from Jesus all the way to Adam. But I'm, instead of reading you 38 chapters, I'm just going to take you to the bottom to show you something. Amen? Listen to what it says. Which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. So I'm trying to just put some substance under Jesus not being the only Son of God, because this, te this text right here says that Adam was a son of God. Oh, God. Are we clear there? And for those of you who are scholars and like to study, did you notice that we got Seth, but we don't have Cain and Abel in the genealogy? 
This is not the only place in Scripture. You're not going to find Cain and Abel in there. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I should not open that up. You're not going to find them in there. Hallelujah. Because if you remember, uh, like I did, or like I do, when Adam sinned, watch this, and uh, all of a sudden made the material world his focus rather than the spiritual world, he begat sons that were created, check your Bible, in his image. In his image. And, and Cain killed his brother Abel, knocked him out of the picture. Watch this, through the flesh. So watch this. Then they have a child named Seth, and Seth is the replacement seed because men started calling upon the name of the Lord again. Mm, I can't, I can't, I can't. That's all I'm going to give you on that. You need to study. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah, Jesus. All right, so watch this. Show me 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. Hallelujah, this is Bible class. I'm still laying some substance under that statement that I just made because it was a heavy statement. Amen? Listen to what it says. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, talking about me and you, saints, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Next verse. Beloved, now, somebody shout now. Now are we the sons of God. I'm a son of God right now. Not I'm going to be a son of God. I am a son of God. Now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Ooh, God have mercy in here. I am a son right now. And you might be thinking, well, you don't look like him. I didn't even know you know what he looked like. But uh, you don't look like him. You don't act like him. That's all right. That's not what the text said. The text said, now I am a son. And then it said, it does not yet appear what I shall be. I might not be all the way there yet. But every day I'm moving further away from the image of Adam and closer and closer to the image of his son. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I might not got it all together, hallelujah, but I'm not where I was. And every day I'm moving closer and closer. Just because you haven't seen it yet, hallelujah, does not mean that it's not happening. So stop judging me based on my circumstance. Stop judging me based on my situation, hallelujah. Stop taking a snapshot of a motion picture, hallelujah, or a freeze frame or a highlight reel out of my life. God is working on me. He that has begun a good work in me shall complete it. Until the day of Jesus Christ. It may not appear right now what I shall be, but I am on my way. Oh, God. Watch this. The Bible talks about uh, waiting on his appearing. And understand, hallelujah, that when something appears, it does not mean that it just came to be. It just means that it became visible to you now. In other words, it was always there, and now it became visible. Now it became apparent or apparent. Yeah, I just made up a word. I've been known to do that, but I'm just trying to stress the point. It just became apparent. 
Are, are you blessed in here, church? <laughs> Ooh, show me Romans 8.14. Romans 8.14. Romans 8.14. Very powerful scripture. Hallelujah. I'm still laying it down. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are... Woo. Listen, listen. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You, let me see the next verse. We might as well go there. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. The spirit of fear is not from God. Look at somebody real and say, I ain't scared. Watch this. But you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Ooh, God have mercy in here. That's why Jesus told us when we pray, say, our. He cannot be my father if I am not his son. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We might as well keep reading some more. Show me the next verse. Hallelujah. The spirit itself. Beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I'm trying to just drill it in, saints. You are a son and a daughter of Almighty God if you have confessed the Lord Jesus. God have mercy in here. Show me some more. We might as well keep going. And, oh no, this is where. And if children, then heirs. Ooh. If you are a child of God, then you are an heir of God. If you are an heir of God, that means that God left you something. If you are an heir of God, hallelujah, that means that you got something that somebody else worked for. If you are an heir, that means somebody left you something that you didn't work for. You have an inheritance from God. Watch, watch, watch. And if children, and we already took care of that, right? Then heirs of God. And joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now, joint heir. That means that whatever he gets or whatever he got, I get. Oh, my God. And if Jesus was here, he would put it like this. The father left us something. Oh God, I'm about to get happy by myself. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? You got to know. Sunday I said we live in a generation of a bunch of people who don't know who they are or what belongs to them. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. If so, uh-oh, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Oh, God, we might as well look at some more. Hallelujah. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory. Somebody shout glory. glory. Which shall be revealed in us. Next verse. This is where it starts getting deep. For the earnest expectation of the creature. Creature meaning creation. Waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Ooh, for the creature, creation, 
was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. I'm going to get there. Stay with me. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. God, have mercy in this place. Hallelujah. Watch this. What that basically means, and I'm going to summarize it for you, is that the devil took God's material world and he flipped it upside down. And rather than subjecting God's creation, watch this, to the spiritual realm... He made the earthly realm seem more powerful than the spirit realm. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he took it hostage. He took God's creation hostage, not willingly. And because of that, the text says that now the earth is groaning, travailing, moaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. Can I help you in here? The earth is not in death pains. The earth is in birth pains. You don't hear me. I said the earth is not in death pains. The earth is not dying. I don't care what they're saying out there. Watch this. The earth is getting ready to give birth to a new kind of species. The Bible refers to as the manifestation of the sun's of God. Wonder who he's talking about. Oh God, have mercy in this place. And when, listen, how can I put it to you another way? The earth is in pain or travailing because it is waiting, watch this, for what happened to you when you got saved to happen to it. <laughs> when you got saved, hallelujah, you got redeemed from the curse. And the earth is more is moaning and groaning because it wants what happened to you to happen to it. But it's not going to happen until the sons of God manifest. Oh, I, I, might, I might have just went a little too deep. If you're still with me, shout glory. Watch this. When the sons of God manifest, what you're going to see is whole, whole lands healed. You're going to see, hallelujah, nations shaken. You're going to see redemption come, and you're going to see heaven break open. And the forces of evil are going to be placed under the feet of those, hallelujah, who know who they are and what they have. You have no idea what's coming. Oh, God, have mercy in this place. Hallelujah. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. I guess what I'm trying to say is simply this, that the spiritual world and the natural world have what many refer to a, a symbiotic relationship. Though they exist simultaneously on different planes, there is a seeing together. In other words, the earth was never supposed to uh, operate absent of heaven. That was, not, that was not the will of God. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And there are places, and we talked about it a little bit on Sunday, where they intersect, where they align. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And there are laws that are shared, shared by both realms. And it's in the, the sharing of both realms or these heavenly intersections, hallelujah, where we begin to see a move of God. Are you blessed in here? God have mercy 
in this place. Hallelujah. So watch this. If I understand that I am a son of God, are you with me so far? If I understand that I am a son of God and, and that I am an heir and that God is a spirit and I also am a spirit, then I have to believe that God didn't want just for me to have an understanding of the natural realm. But he wanted, hallelujah, for me to also have, watch this, a natural understanding of the supernatural. Because I'm in this world, but I am also a spirit. Mm. So watch this. He wants me to have that so that I don't just believe in the supernatural when it happens, but that I can invoke it. I can provoke it. I can call it in. God, help me in here. I can bring it down. That as a spirit like God, I have access to that realm, hallelujah, and that it has become part of my inheritance so that I can declare by faith, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. If you're blessed, shout glory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have access to it. I have the power to get it. Hallelujah. Because I was made in his image and in his likeness. And he put his breath in me. God, are you here? He put that in this earthly body. So because I have a natural body, I do need to understand natural things. I do need to understand the natural laws and how they govern, hallelujah, laws of time, season, space, mathematics, hallelujah. But my spirit, hallelujah, has access to a supernatural realm that supersedes those laws. You guys still all right? Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God. Let me see if I can land this plane. Hallelujah. So watch this. Every so often there are principles that work in both realms. Let me go back to the Lord's Prayer real quick. I'm almost done. In the Lord's Prayer, he says something like, uh, forgive those that trespass against you, and I will forgive you your trespasses. Forgive those here on the earth, and I, who am in heaven, will forgive you. Do something down here, and I'll do something up here. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. In other words, it's allowing me to know, watch this, that there is a connection between the natural and the spiritual. And when I do something down here, it has the power to kickstart something up there. And that when I do something down here, it can cause God to respond up there. That's why your Bible says, I have given you the keys of the kingdom so that whatever you loose on earth down here, I will loose in heaven up there. And whatever you bind on earth down here, I will bind up there in heaven. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? God, have mercy in here. Are you seeing the connection? Hallelujah. Let me give you another one. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. In other words, God will not be made a fool out of. Whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Hallelujah. So if you sow mercy down here, God's going to extend mercy from up there. If you sow nasty, do I have to say the rest of that? 
If you sow nasty, you're going to get nasty. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you want friend, make yourself friendly. Amen, somebody. There is a connection. Oh, God. I'm trying to land this plane. The problem with us is that we have uh, been waiting for miracles just to fall down from heaven. And that's not the way it works. Somebody is supposed to invoke it. Somebody is supposed to provoke it. Jesus, hallelujah, is basically saying, I gave you the power. It's your right to call it in. Jesus saying, I gave you my name, and my name is a blank check. You don't hear what I'm saying. Bring it in. Use your faith to tap into the unseen realm and bring what you need into the seen realm. I'm not after no shout today. I'm just trying to teach you. Are you guys doing okay? Let me see. You do have the power. Jesus wasn't crazy when he said, talk to that mountain. I mean, we, we listen to those words sometimes and we go, talk to that mountain. A mountain could be numerous things, amen? It's usually just referring to an obstacle in your life. And Jesus said, talk to that mountain, hallelujah, because you're a joint heir with the one that created you. Talk to that mountain, hallelujah. If, there, if there's a tree that you've been eating from that's become unproductive, then curse that thing, hallelujah, until it dries up by the roots. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You've got to know who you are and you've got to know what you have, hallelujah. When you don't think you have enough, you tap into a spiritual supply. When you're feeling weak, say, I'm strong. Let the weak say. When you're feeling poor, say, I'm I'm rich, hallelujah. When you think you can't, say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God, help me in here. You got to know who you are. Hallelujah. My God, if anybody in here needs for God to put a little super on your natural, take about 10 seconds and give God a praise break in here. Come on, give God a praise break. Hallelujah. Give him a real praise break. Hallelujah. Oh, I serve a mighty God. Hallelujah. I said I serve a mighty God. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Because I know who I am, I could get a breakthrough while somebody else is getting a breakdown. Because I know who I am. Hallelujah. I can get over it while somebody else is still under it. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Hallelujah. Because watch this. I got a little bit in me of my father. I said, there's some of God in me. You don't hear what I'm saying. I said, some of my father is in me. And my father has never been whooped, never been defeated, never been dethroned, hallelujah, never will be impeached, never will be voted off the throne, hallelujah. And I got a little bit of him inside of me, hallelujah. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. And you wonder, hallelujah, why am I blessed, hallelujah? Why am I living victorious? I'll tell you why. I've taken on his nature. It's my nature to live victoriously. It's my nature to succeed. Uh, there's a bounce back in me, and that is my nature. It's my nature to bounce back, hallelujah. It's my nature, hallelujah, to live victorious. It's my nature to exceed expectations. It's my nature, hallelujah, to exceed, hallelujah, peace is my nature. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. Blessing is my nature. Healing is my nature. Deliverance is my nature. Hallelujah. 
The Bible says healing is the children's bread. And I just taught you that you are a son of God. You are a child of God. I'm not trying to get from God something that he didn't say belongs to me. Hallelujah. Healing is the children's bread. And if you are a child of God, then that means healing is your right. I said it's yours. Hallelujah. My God, if God didn't want to bless me, he shouldn't have done it. If God didn't want to heal me, he shouldn't have done it. Why you keep putting, hallelujah, watch this, your healing off into some future time, hallelujah. He's not coming back to take stripes, baby. He already took the stripes 2,000 years ago, and then he left it for you. He left it for you, hallelujah. So when you get enough understanding, hallelujah, you pull out, hallelujah, the final will and testament, hallelujah, and look at what your daddy left you, hallelujah, he left me peace, he left me joy, oh God, he left me healing, suicide and destruction, that's not my portion, sickness is not my portion, hallelujah, he left me joy, he left me success, God help me in here, hallelujah, I am like my daddy. Can you bless in here, church? Adam was a spirit in a body. He walked in the spirit. So much so, he could not recognize his nakedness. The focus was not on the flesh. The focus was on the spirit. Until he sinned and immediately lost his innocence and recognized his nakedness. And from that day forward, his focus became that which he could see. And you have to understand that for thousands of years now, Man has walked in the message of Adam. And we have created cultures, systems around that which we could see. Leaders have declared that we are going to become so intellectually adept that we're going to have no need for God. That technology is going to increase to the point where we explain away every miracle Ooh, God have mercy in here and that technology is gonna buy us out of the curse they're in for a surprise we will make such advancements medically and pharmaceutically hallelujah and we thank God for those who give themselves to help others I ain't knocking that hallelujah but we have run so far with Adam's message, hallelujah, that we have desensitized ourselves, especially in the Western side of the world, and we have brought our intelligence against ourselves. And that's why God said, in becoming wise, they have become fools. And the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. Oh God. So you'll have somebody say, well, I don't believe in demons. But that doesn't mean you don't have one.
Are you hearing what I'm saying? It don't matter what you say. God, help me. And let me close. I know it's late. There's two brothers in the Bible. I just want to say this and leave. Two brothers in the Bible. One Jacob, one Esau. Two brothers representing two things. One represents a birthright, a spiritual inheritance that is eternal. The other one, a bowl of beans. I don't know if you know the story. A bowl of lentils, which speaks of something fleshly and something natural and temporary. God help me in here. Hallelujah. And so watch this. Hallelujah. You have to be careful when you're hungry. You have to be careful when you're led by your appetite. Not to sacrifice things that are eternal for right now satisfaction. Because the birthright will buy you victory for the rest of your days. But that bowl of beans is going to satisfy you for about 15 minutes in that day. And we would sacrifice spiritual things for 15 minutes. And the devil will make it seem longer than that. Y'all don't know what I'm saying. 15 minutes of a right now satisfaction. Are you hearing me in this place? And then God said something very interesting. He said, Esau I have hated, and Jacob I have loved. And I don't think he was talking so much about the person as much as he was talking about the spirit. Ooh. Because Esau had access to the birthright. This is why spiritual things are so important, saints. Esau had access to it. God, help me in here. In other words, when the Father lays hands to pray, heaven and earth come into alignment and activate something. This is how I know. When Jacob disguised himself as Esau and jumped in there and fooled his own father to bless him and then later found out that he made a mistake, he couldn't change it because it had already been released. And this is why missing moments is serious. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh God, hallelujah. He hates the spirit of Esau because it's a spirit that knows it has access to everything, but will trade it in for 15 minutes of pleasure. He said, I hate that spirit because you had access to everything and you traded it. And then he said, Esau, I've hated Jacob, I have loved. And you're like, what? Jacob? The trickster? And God said, yeah, because he was after something spiritual. And if I could just wrestle the tricks out of him, he's going to be all right because he has a desire for spiritual things. While Esau was interested in a right now thing. Oh, God, help me. Are you blessed? Give the Lord a hand clap in this place. Come on, give him a hand clap.